1: Now, to show our gratitude, we're not going to be like the other guys and jerk you around and bullshit you. We're going to tell you the truth.
2: Shane Douglas is the man who ignites the new flame of the sport of professional wrestling. The era of the franchise. The era... Of the E sea Home Ghost, don't ever let me go more than word. Oh my god! I ever needed you to show
3: This is the Queen of Extreme Freight scene
2: and the franchise Shane Douglas. Will you want the lowdown on professional wrestling, get it right here at this podcast, Extreme Three-Way Dance. <laughs>
0: connection podcast network fans welcome back to extreme three-way dance the most extreme menage 12 violence you'll ever experience it is a journey through the history of extreme championship wrestling and joining me as always on this journey jenny's journey says jenny and uh, mr souza how are you
1: hello uh extreme extremely happy to be here hmm.
3: uh i am too yes extremely excited and glad that
2: there's no septic smell in my house so I, I am basically right, i'm right. so
0: extreme i'm recording from like i think this is the shit the ooze from, from Ninja the Turtles, yeah. too. uh so kevin nash may be showing up at any time my that is
3: dedication and it is our 90th episode right Ooh, something like that crazy. yeah
0: that's not bad i think it's my it made my second longest running uh well no no holds barred is i think it's his third or right around with war zone uh, which returns April 17th i mm-hmm. those i them have seen that out on social media and uh, listen if you're watching us here on North South Connection's YouTube channel you can just take a second and hit subscribe you're right there anyway just do that and then if you're listening on any of your podcast uh, pod apps or podcast applications or sites uh, and you're listening and you want to check us out on video again just go to YouTube search North South Connection or if not feel if like the audio format that's cool too thanks for subscribing and checking us out there uh, all right. So we have been journeying through the history of ECW starting in 1994. We are now pretty much, what, four years later to where we started. Mm-hmm. We started February of, of 94 and February of 98. We're going to cover three weeks of television in this episode. And then two weeks from today, we're going to be hitting our next pay-per-view, Living Dangerously 1998. So we're going to cover the build leading up to that right now. Starting with February 14th, we open with Taz backstage. He thanks Bam, Bam Bigelow for opening his eyes as he was getting soft, becoming a team player, a company guy, but now Bigelow kicked his ass and spotted him up. But he had to do it with his back turned. A big badass beast used to walk into the Stone Pony and people would piss themselves, but maybe he's not who he used to be. Bigelow had the chance to bust him open face-to-face, but waited until his back was turned. The only mock is anyone in Asbury Park that still believes in Bigelow being a celebrity and a superstar. Taz is an athlete that busts his ass in the gym every morning at 5 a.m. Bigelow hangs out with the big wigs, but he's just a miserable workhorse, breathing down Bigelow's neck. And Bam Bam better prepare himself for March 1st, as he's never faced anyone like Taz. Shane Douglas was right. When he said Taz is a mark for the TV title, Shane and Bigelow traded the world title, but along the line, they realized the TV title is what matters, and the triple threat has all the gold except for his, and the TV title makes it happen. Taz elevated it, not Shane, that yellow bitch, who tapped on it three minutes before, but Shane sends Bigelow, not himself or Candido, who Taz has already beaten too many times to count, and Shane's yellow and already tapped out anyway. Taz is ready to take out the big old Bigelow, beat him if you can, survive if he lets you. Uh, I is a great promo. You know, coming off Bigelow turning on Taz to set up their match at the pay-per-view. I thought Taz brought his usual anger and fire here. Really laid down uh, the expectation that he's going to destroy Bigelow in his hometown on uh, March 1st. Jenny, what do you think of the uh, promo here?
3: Also thought it was very good. He has this little edge of, like, wounded pride. You know, he didn't see it coming. So that just stokes him a little bit more, makes him a little bit more angry than he already is and he did realize that he became unfocused on only himself and was a team player for some reason and that backfired so it was really good i enjoyed this one maddie
1: yeah, uh, this is great stuff from Taz. He's really been showing that fire lately, and he's been showing uh, more personality than we've seen from him in the mm-hmm. past, and that just continues here. Uh, him calling Shane a yellow bitch was fantastic. <laughs> that that, was, a, pretty that good. was a great line. But uh, yeah, I just I just think Taz is on uh, he's on fire right now. He's on the next level, and he just he keeps being great. So you know, he calls everybody who believes in Bam Bam a Mark. I thought that mm-hmm. was a great that was a great line too. So yeah, just we well it's true, right? <laughs> but uh really good stuff from Tez.
0: With the stone pony uh drop there as well. So yeah, yeah. All right, we get our opening animation. Joey Styles then in the nest. He says Big Alone Taz is official March 1st, Asbury Park, Living Dangerously pay-per-view. Joey recaps what led us to this match with the triple threat reuniting. We get the highlights of how it all went down including the end of Lance Storm's run with the group. Joey says Candido and Storm will also face off at a dream partner tag at Living Dangerously, but isn't sure yet how the tag title situation will shake out. That brings us to our first match of the night, and that is Rob Van Dam and Sabu taking on Rotten Balls, Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney. RVD, Sabu, and Fonzie get in the ring doing their thing. Balls and Axel are out with the chairs. Sabu's jaw still taped up, this poor guy. I know. Uh, <laughs> After a break, we get our intros. We get rolling. We revisit the clips of RVD breaking the split-legged lift record that we saw at the previous episode. Back to the ring we go. Balls and Sabu start off trading some control holds. Sabu takes the knee, kicks and slugs. Balls gets a backbreaker, tags an axle, cranks at a chin lock, unloads some headbutts. Balls comes in with a leg drop for two, punches away, but Sabu takes him down and tags RVD, who peppers Balls and strikes, and then hits a sidekick off the top. Sabu comes in. It's an air Sabu off RVD. RVD matches Balls with a spin kick and leg drop into a Boston Crab. Sabu hits a top rope leg drop, but comes up grabbing his back. RVD batters Balls, and we get a Rolling Thunder slingshot leg drop combo. RVD and Balls battle outside as Sabu smashes Axel with a chair. Springboards onto Balls, driving him through the table. In a great spot, they got a big pop. Back inside, Balls catches Sabu with a boot, tags Axel, cleans house. Balls recovers. They double-team RVD, but RVD hits Axel with a Van Daminator. They nail Balls with total elimination. Cronus comes out. We get the bell for the DQ as he clears out RVD and Sabu, and that is that. Uh, This is pretty fun. Axel Balls really come together, um, and really kind of built up a not just a chemistry, but a little bit of a move set in a way as well. Like, uh, and this actually felt balanced. Like it didn't feel like RVD and Sabu were coming down a level. Uh, They are always smooth and on point. It was a good fun you know, tag battle on TV. Interesting finish. We'll see where Cronus fits into this uh, with the troll of the total elimination by RVD and Sabu. So uh, three stars, Matt. That's a pretty good tag.
1: Yeah, uh, I went two and a half on. It was perfectly solid tag match. Uh, Axel, weirdly enough, uh, rarely enough, I should say, not wearing a uh, Marilyn Manson T-shirt, which is very different for him. He was rocking an ICP shirt, which is uh, very different than what he usually wears. Uh, It's good to see Cronus getting in the mix, uh, doing something. I, f- I feel like he's just kind of been floating around aimless really since, you know, I, I mean he had the new Jack stuff, but it's not it's different than when he was with Saturn, I feel like, so yeah. it's good that he's doing something else and, you know, they're hearkening back to the total elimination day so obviously th- that wound is still fresh that Saturn is gone, so I thought that was a nice touch, but yeah, I mean this was a, a fairly standard match, I thought uh, there was one spot where uh, Balls goes through a table with a leg drop and the table just flat out did not give and it just goes out from the, cape, the table just kind <laughs> Of gave up on life and didn't break, so <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was, uh, thought that was uh, pretty well done. But yeah, I mean, it was basically a showcase for RVD and Sabu, so I, and I thought it was a, a good one of those. So, two and a half for me, Jenny. Hmm,
3: um, I really like this one too. I, <laughs> I, I think RVD and Sabu are so deep into their characters and they are killing it in Ring most times. They, sit, they hit the troll total elimination, like, out of nowhere, like, mm-hmm. just to be dicks. Like, that's what their level is right now. And they can do that. They can get away with it. They do anything they want across yeah. this division and every other division. Um, they're amazing. I really like this match. Balls and Axel, I love them. I love them as a team. They look super legit in this, like you said. Um, poor Sabu and his broke-ass face still. <laughs> Um, but RVD and Sabu are really climbing the ranks of my favorite tag teams of all time. Like, it's just another great bonus for doing this podcast. Is the getting- great in
0: the ring and, and this. just the, the promos and stuff with RVD doing the slipping in the backhanded comments and Sabu mm-hmm. just kind of mean looking, but not really doing anything about it. Uh-huh. Uh, But they're
3: always together. They're not, they, they, if one of them is fighting, they're both fighting like legit together. It's pretty amazing. I did two and three quarter stars.
0: All right. We go right back to the ring for our next match. And that is our old friend, Doug Furnace, still hanging around here, taking on Al Snow. Furnace and Lance Wright are in the ring with the WF banner. As we switch to Head TV for the entrance of Snow and Head, we see Head with an ECW hat on in the nest. Joey does a Jim Ross accent to hype the match for some reason. <laughs> the crowd is insanely hot. The foam heads are rocking during a very long entrance. Joey shits on Jim Cornette whining about tradition. Says maybe he could use a little head, which just funny.
2: <laughs>
0: Snow stops Furnace from stomping on the head. He tosses it to the crowd as we get going. Snow attacks and the crowd chants head with every strike during the flurry. Get a hot start. Snow stomps away. It's a clothesline. Hangs Furnace across the top. Furnace comes back, dumps Snow to the apron, Snow snaps his neck on the top rope. Snow pulls Furnace to the edge of the ring and hits a top rope leg drop, but Furnace comes back with a belly-to-belly and a Frankensteiner for two. Furnace hits a power slam, as Joey talks about how a Furnace can break the day of mindset. He could maybe break out like Al Snow has. Furnace slam, uh, slams Snow, but Snow slips out of a tombstone into a roll-up for two, counters a Frankensteiner with a Tiger Bomb. Snow gets a Frankensteiner for two, Dances uh, follows with a discus punch. And Furnace hits a spine buster and stomps away. Plants Snow the tombstone. Joey says, time to see our head expert. We get a clip of Jenna Jameson. Then we go back to the ring. Snow has head and smacks Furnace in the nuts. Cracks right as well. Snow hits Furnace with head to the face and wins the match. Uh, again, this is a pretty good TV match. Snow's on fire. The crowd is so into it. Furnace is on full Lance Wright job duty here at this point. Really scuffling uh, with all the WF stuff that's just failing quickly. Uh, Snow is ungodly over and is bringing it in the ring. We'll see where it goes, but it's crazy how fast he's erupted out Mm -hmm. of nowhere over the winter. Uh, Solid match. Good for TV, Jenny. A went three stars. A lot of offense from both guys.
3: (laughs) Three stars for me, too. I think the intro for Al was as long as this match. (laughs) That's fine. I mean, the intro is amazing. The whole vibe in the arena. Everybody loves him. All the head all around. It's great. Al and his thrashing-based offense. I really like how his... His in ring stuff pretty well matches his character. Cause he gets he's wild, but he's he'll like zero in and focus um on on you as well. So he he really does bring that whole crazy person vibe <laughs> to the ring. And I, I really like the finish to this one too. Um and he had a sweet tiger bomb in there on Furnace too, which I still like Furnace, even though he's on Jobber Duty. So I'm gonna keep my three stars, Matt.
1: Yeah, I went three stars on it too. Just the whole package of everything was fantastic. They used that weird like camera filter where it was kind of like it was the almost like TV. there was a, there was a delay on everything. I thought that was really well. Just everything uh-huh. about this was great. Jesus, they've gotten a lot of use out of that fucking B-roll for Jenna Jameson. She showed up <laughs> once. I know, I know. They're still using it. It's insane how much they've gotten out of it. Good lord, the presentation of Al Snow—it's just fantastic. The crowd loses their minds for just about anything he does and it's wild to see. I feel like I say that every episode because every episode it's true. The presentation the presentation is just fantastic. The match was, you know, it was fine enough but I think that's all it really needed to be just because of everything else going on during this batshit insane segment. So, yeah, I went three stars on it too. Just really fun stuff here. I feel like she's been on more than New Jack, Jenna Jameson. <laughs> right. A
0: little bit. Yeah, really. I-,
3: I like how it was basically like Squash match, and we gave it three stars. Right, I it mean, was good. I yeah, I, I just, it was, uh,
0: the vibe was, yeah. with snow adds to it too. Like That's the, the crowd thing. is so into what? him, it's Divide, like it's wild. the presentation. It's all yeah. that. It's a rave. I mean, they created a rave atmosphere mm-hmm. with the yep. heads and the lighting and all that. All right, Beulah leads out the OGs for a battle with the Dudleys. A big time match here. Joey hypes up Cyber Slam in the live audio stream during the long entrance. As Sandman grabs a mic, says at ECW they have a lot of wrestlers they hate. But they're all family, and all of the wrestlers consider the fans to be part of our family, too. When someone in the family's hurting, everyone is. And right now, someone in their family lost somebody close, and everyone's hurting about it. And Sandman says the man who lost someone is Tommy Dreamer, whose grandfather passed away. This is his way to show how much the family cares about Tommy. Sandman talks about Tommy's grandfather paying the train for him. And it says that the beer and moment of silence they're going to have, and a 10-count, is all for Grandpa Joe. Sounds like a better Grandpa Joe than poor Charlie had. But I knew you were going to make the Charlie. Yeah. A lazy piece of shit. Justin Credible comes yes. out during the 10 count. Of course he does. Interrupts the bell ringing and says he's here to give condolences like the rest of the boys and fans. And says he wishes Tommy died instead of his worthless grandfather. <laughs> Tommy attacks. We get a big pull apart. Beulah's yelling, kicking it, Credible. Uh, just great prick stuff from Credible. Looks like we're on to a new feud now with, with Tommy and, and uh, JC here. Sam made holes Dreamer down as even the Dudleys help keep things apart. You know They don't, they don't even try and get in. They just got to try and keep everyone pulled apart. So uh, this is a pretty good ending. It gives you know our next step in the Credible push and evolution, being a douchebag heel. This is as low as it gets, especially for someone like Tommy, who's super respected in the ECW uh, world here. So I thought it was a good next step, Jenny, for, for Credible.
3: It definitely is for him. I mean, you can't move up in ECW unless you have some sort of feud with Tommy Dreamer. Right. So he's he's mm-hmm. right on track uh, mm-hmm. for this. I, I would say it feels like the middle part of a huge push on him.
0: Well, it um, almost feels a little bit like, and it's a guy we're going to talk about in a minute in a different light, but Luis Piccoli um, had the same kind of feud with Tommy, right? Like the young guy, mm-hmm. the punk, mm-hmm. the disrespect.
2: Mm-hmm. It yeah.
0: almost feels like, you know, because Spicoli left abruptly to go to WCW. It almost feels like they're slotting Credible into where that spot Spicoli was going to be in with the young upstart. Mm-hmm. Kind of was like a nobody in WF. Kind of got wasted a bit. But was still super young and could work and, and have that natural asshole attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it feels like Credible is kind of stepping right in where Spicoli mm-hmm. kind of left off. Nope. So,
3: And, you know, I guess it's... I, feel, I don't know if I feel some sort of way about Tommy using his real-life grandpa in a wrestling <laughs> angle. I mean, that seems very personal. But he is ECW. Like, he's the heart of it. So, I don't well, know. Well, it
0: feels like his grandfather's probably known. I mean, if he, it seems like maybe he was, like, really involved with, like, a diehard ECW fan. So, mm-hmm. maybe it was a thing where, like, you know, he, he would have liked... He would have popped to be kind of like yeah. included in an angle, you know?
3: Okay. I, I would prefer to think of it that way. So that's the vibe
0: be. I get. I, I, cause okay. he said he paid for his training. He was like a big part of the right. family. Like, so I, I get that. Like I get the vibe that he was like a fan and like known within mm-hmm. like the right. locker room. and would have been like, okay with being used or whatever. I don't think Tommy would have did it. If he, he seems like a big guy and respect and everything. Like, I don't think he would yeah. have did it if he thought right. Grandpa Joe would be uh, upset. Right. <laughs> it's
3: just, uh, and he got—he seemed very emotional during that whole part too. Sandman did too, so it was nice.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, Grandpa Joe gave Tommy his first Kendo stick. Little known, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, just incredible. Feels like Public Enemy Number One right now. Like uh-huh. when the Dudleys. Are like whoa, this is too much. You kind of kind of know you fucked up. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I mean, credible. He's another guy like Snow. He's been on fire, and you know it makes sense to give put him in there with Tommy. Just keep putting him over. See how he holds up with Tommy. If he can go with Tommy, then you know maybe he's a future main eventer. So we'll see where it goes. But yeah, I mean, this is uh, just real shitbag stuff from Just Incredible. So uh-huh. and it's it's great to see because he's he plays a shitbag well. So yeah.
0: All right, let's get to our awards. Episode one, that was a quick episode. I feel like it wasn't like a lot Mm -hmm. happened, but it was like long, like matches in a segment. It Mm -hmm. wasn't like the usual uh, hodgepodge. So best match, I think, was uh, RVD and Sabu versus Ron Balls for me.
3: Yep.
1: I went Snow
0: Furnace, but. That was my worst. I had him as the same grade. I just, I like the tag a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Um, All right, best moment. Uh, I gave, I went, I tied it with Taz's promo and Sandman's promo. I thought they both did a really good job with their tasks here tonight. I went with mm, Taz.
3: I'm going with Credible.
0: Yeah, that was good too.
2: Yeah, it
3: was. Big, yeah. It was, he was. pretty hardcore. We'll say. Uh, most night,
0: most 90s, and with Joey ripping on Jim Cornette, saying he needs a blowjob to chill out. I mean that that could be <laughs> the 80s, 90s, 2010s, and current yeah, day. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, but still.
3: He said, uh, "At least the host isn't wearing a cowboy hat when he was um, like with <laughs> yeah. Jr. There too." It
0: would have been next level if Joey says Cornette needs to watch his wife give someone else head because that's oh, probably what it would have been. He would have been ahead of the game there. Yeah, that would have been
1: be one uh, All
0: right, stock rising. I went Taz, RVD, and Sabu. Snow, incredible. Um, yeah, that seems yeah. right. Like and then it. falling, I just went with Furnace. I mean, he had a good match, but he just feels like such a job boy at this oh, point. Yeah. Like he's. Yeah. He, uh, he may be one of the like most talented, still kind of, not his prime, but still kind of a guy that can go. Right. That's like yeah. being completely used as fodder in this stupid angle that no one cares about. We it's Lance Wright. It. He
1: drags everybody down.
3: That's true. Also, following uh, Grandpa Joe, sadly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> My God. you <Grandpa. laughs> fell. For sure.
0: Um, Alright, final grade. I went 6.5 out of 10. It's a rock-solid episode. It's not a blow-away. It's not a must-see, but it also didn't feel like a spinning of wheels or like a waste of time to watch it like we still got some stuff that happened mm-hmm. uh some enjoyable stuff but it wasn't like oh this is a must-see episode of tv
3: i would agree with that six and a half sounds right
0: i did the same six and a half all right alternating every other thursday here at north south connections dody war me and marcus fuller going through every doty pay-per-view in company history we're doing it on a sabermetric style plus minus system ranking them all uh so we are kicking off a new season um we're through uh, a really fun one we did 92 93 that airs every other thursday rotating with this show that is both audio and video as well so if you're on the youtube channel you can find the playlist for wwe war so be sure to check that out and again just subscribe while you're here if you haven't yet we appreciate it All right, let's go to February 21st, 1998. We open with highlights from the end of last week. Credible interrupted the moment of silence for old Grandpa Joe. Triggered a big brawl. We get our opening animation. Joey's in the nest. He talks about what happened a week ago. He's got some solemn piano music playing. Uh, Not quite quite the boozy Christmas music, sadly. No, (laughs) he was
3: very upset. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, Dreamer and Credible will face off at Living Dangerously. We get clips of what happened after we went off the air with a deadly shit on Credible and said nobody deserves that disrespect. But they did come to fight and want to give the people what they paid for takes us to our opening match, which is the OGs, Tommy Dreamer and Sandman taking on the Dudley Boys, the match we didn't get. We clip past the bell ringing. We're settled in. Bubba and Sandman get things rolling. Bubba breaks out an arm drag. Gertner brags up his amateur skills. They trade some holds and strikes. That ends with Sandman cleaning up both Dudleys. Sandman meets both outside with a plancha. Then Tommy barrels into them a pescado. We reset with Tommy and Devon barking and shoving. Tommy tosses him around and works the arm. Dick comes in and chokeslams Tommy as Gertner and Sign Guy tie up the ref. The Dudley's do the New Jack hand signal, and right on cue, immediately <laughs> all fires up. natural kill <laughs> Killers, New Jack, and Cronus are in with a bucket of plunder. The weapons are flying. We head into the usual garbage brawl. The crowd is loving it. Things clear out. We get a wrestling flurry between Dreamer and New Jack before the weapons arrive again. We clip around through some of the weapon shots, including Cronus putting Devon through a table with a frog splash, which mocks Sabu. So out comes Sabu and RVD, and now we have a four-way dance plus Big Dick. Sabu and RVD plus Cronus uh, puts Cronus and New Jack through a table. Devon crawls over and covers Cronus to eliminate the Gangstonators. RVD then misses a somersault plancher to the floor, lands on the railing, but Sabu meets Dreamer with a Pescado. Sabu leaps and gets caught by the Dudleys. RVD shoves them down to a near fall. Sandman and Tommy sneak in and roll up the Dudleys, and they are done. We get to our final matchup here as we clip again with Tommy and Sandman hitting stereo DDTs. We pan up to the nest, where we see Justin Credible beating up Mikey Whipwreck. And he calls Tommy to come make a save of his buddy. And he wants to fight. Tommy leaves and heads up to the nest to go off to credible, but they get broken up by officials. Sabu and RVD then double team Sandman using a chair. Sandman keeps kicking out. Sabu eventually finishes with a super Arabian face buster. And that is that is RVD and Sabu, not originally in this match, end up winning it. Uh, this felt like more of a segment than a match. Mm-hmm. It was a good showcase Uh, The Dudley still seems stuck in neutral. Like, I'm still waiting for that Dudley push, Mm -hmm. you know, that was ECW. Uh, The Ganksenators are filler as well. RVD and Sabu are red hot, and Tommy's main focus clearly shifted 100% Matt to credible. Uh, So two and three quarters, again, more of a showcase of the tag division. But we're still not seeing, you know, the Ganksenators are aimless. The Dudleys just kind of do Dudley things without, like, any significant push of any kind. It's Mm -hmm. really right now RVD, Sabu, Rotten Balls that's right. it Tommy and Sandman kind of messing around a little bit but
1: yeah I feel like we've been saying that for quite a while and like and you, our I'm champions
0: like... aren't even a team so right exactly I... yeah.
1: so it's just like when is it gonna happen like you just said it feels like we've been stuck in this holding pattern with the tag division for a while and it's like it's a lot of matches like this right. and they're all fairly entertaining like I went like you I went two and three quarters on this yeah, There's no progress. But... Right, it's just we're, we're kind of doing the same thing over and over again, and it's like, when are we going to do, not necessarily, I mean, something different, sure, but like, when is there going to be some sort of storyline thing yeah. too, right? I feel like all the storylines have been revolving around, like, the singles guys are RVD and Sabu, and just the, the Dudleys are kind of like just facing random teams on a random night, and it's like, when is it, I know it's ha- going to happen at some point, but when is it going to happen? Right. But I mean, a- as for the match, it was fine, it was very chaotic, it t- turns into a Four way dance within you know eight minutes of this thing starting. Uh, it was uh, very interesting to see uh, New Jack and Tommy Dreamer actually trade wrestling holes. That was, a, that was okay. a thing I wasn't mm-hmm. fucking expecting in this. Uh, right in the middle of a brawl too. It's like a trash can shot. And you know what? No, here's a here's a wrist lock. Let's switch things up for a bit. Just very strange. But again, and you get good angle advancement here with Credible beating the shit out of Mikey. I'm assuming Mikey was just kind of sitting there watching the match, and then <laughs> Credible oh, Mikey. or he dragged his ass out from backstage either way. Yeah one. and
3: he broke. Like how did he even get up there?
1: Right, exactly. <laughs> he had to climb. He just threw him up there. But yeah, I mean it was it was a fun match. Very chaotic at points. And I mean it probably didn't need to turn into a four-way either to be honest. Like I I get you want RVD and Sabu to get another win under their belt, under their belt. But I feel like if they just kept this a regular tag match, or at least have it be a brawl with just two teams with the Dudley Sandman and Dreamer, you probably would have got the same point across if you do this credible stuff. So I don't know why it necessarily needed to turn into a four-way, but it was still a pretty fun match as it was. So two and three quarter for me, Jenny.
3: I had the same note about why did this turn into a four-way? Um, not that I'm complaining about it, because I actually gave this three stars. I really mm-hmm. liked. Mm-hmm. I really liked all the the mayhem, the chaos, and w- whenever they somebody does somebody else's move, and then, like in this case, RVD and Sabu run out after the frog splash. I think it was. It just makes me think that they're standing around in the back watching the match, just waiting on. Somebody to do their move And I'm like I don't know if I like that idea Um, But it's very odd What they're In the second match now They've done somebody else's tag move Like okay Um, Not sure if that means anything Or if they're just fucking around I don't know Um, But anyway I thought it was a pretty classic ECW Type brawl And I'm glad to see Mikey at least Even if he is getting his ass beat Mm -hmm.
0: All right, Joey's in the nest. He runs down the current card for Living Dangerously, which is Bam Bam Bigelow versus Taz, uh, Masato Tanaka versus Wing Kanemura, Chris Candido and Lance Storm having a dream tag team partner match, and Tommy Dreamer versus Justin Credible. Beulah's backstage. She talks shit on Credible, trying to make himself a star, and asks, "What now? Where does he go from here? A 23-year-old overnight sensation." But everything in ECW comes with a price. Tommy was 23 years ago, had to fight and claw for all he accomplished, and he paid a price for it. We then get clips of Tommy's brutal ECW journey. Beulah says the journey left a lot of scars, and there's a dark side of Tommy that few people have seen, and she hasn't seen him feel this way in a long time. Credible made his bed, and now he has to lay in the wet spot. We don't get a lot of Beulah promos, but I thought she did a really good job here. Um... It was kind of chilling. Like she basically said, like, there's a Tommy that you don't get to see that I do, which also has mm-hmm. some implications maybe in there. But um, and mm-hmm. that credible is about to witness a guy that's that's gunning for him. So, uh, Matt, I thought this is a pretty good promo tense.
1: Yeah, uh, you had the exact same notes I had. I mean, we don't hear Beulah talk all that often, but I thought this was really well done. Like, I, th- I feel like every time yeah. we've seen her talk, it's kind of meant something. And I, I feel like mm-hmm. this was real, like it, there's a feel to it. And I think this really had a feel to it. It's like, oh, uh, Dreamer's going to fucking kill uh, Justin Incredible. Mm-hmm. It was, it was mm-hmm. the feel. So, And I think Beulah did a great job kind of bringing that point home. So, yeah, really good stuff from her, Jenny.
3: I think the last time we heard from her, I was like, yes, I need more Beulah in ring and in promos. And they're doing exactly that because she's very, very good at it. Um, She knows what she's talking about. She's completely legit. Like, and she can hit a DDT. So I'm, I'm pretty scared of her on every level. (laughs) And the lay in the uh, wet spot line was pretty fucking funny. Yeah, that was good.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. All right, Joey's in the nest. He talks about Dream credible. Says he won't be impartial in his commentary for that match. Joey then jokes about ECW wishing they for- they could forget that they did a pay-per-view at Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> uh,
3: yes. It's funny Sheed. that we picked
0: up on that because they didn't really like indicate they had a problem with it, but we like talking about that show it was obvious something was not right with the right. the setup and the whatever difficulties they were having. And it seems like they definitely regret uh, running yep. that town mm-hmm. for a pay-per-view.
3: But the, yet they went back.
0: Well, like. A house show because you want to keep the market high like i don't think they're yeah, right. the fans are probably okay it seems like it was more the the setup of the building and technical issues that they have production yeah, shit it, it looks like live, the
3: same so. spot though isn't it
0: yeah again i think for tv they figure they can produce <laughs> okay. post-produce and whatever like the right. live pay-per-view is again we right. talked about it. it was like a bad idea yeah, when you yeah, can't yeah, it was. when you can't cover up you know for shit production right Um, All right, we got a six-man tag. Up next is Balls Mahoney, Axel Ron, and Tommy Dreamer taking on Rob Van Dam, Sabu, and Brockus. And in this match, we are in Fort Lauderdale. Das for Lauderdale <laughs> of
2: course Cowboy Joe yo Cowboy Cowboy Joe Cowboy Joe
3: no idea.
1: Unfortunately, <laughs> I could hear all of it. Uh,
3: it was skipping for me. That's weird. I got the Aaron George thing going on. I'm
0: going to need Imperium to start answering to that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> <There he>
1: <laughs> How dare you?
3: <laughs>
0: here we are. Six man duty of ECW war. Get some Brockus action. He's in tights. He looks jacked. He does. Joey hypes up cyber slander in the entrances. Joey talks about Vince wanting ECW titles on his programming. And then makes this joke about the dog show, which would have been airing right around this time. Jason shows up at ringside, tries to make nice with Tommy, says he had nothing to do with Credible's comments. He apologizes and wants to shake hands. Tommy tells him to leave, but Credible shows up and tells Dreamer to stop messing with his manager and mess with the superstar instead. Dreamer chases Credible all the way out of the building, but Credible hops in a car. The driver speeds off, but Tommy chases him down the street. Back in the ring, RVD and Sabu are working over Axel. We cut back where Jason is trying to apologize again. This time, Beulah comes at him, tells him to go away. But Joey thinks Jason's being honest. I don't. <laughs> After all these years, Joey <laughs> believes in Jason again.
3: What the hell was that? Yeah, it was odd. I mean, the guy, yeah. he hates yeah.
1: this fucking guy for two years. We he get
3: times from him. Like, he, dec- he
1: decides that now is the point that he's going right. to believe. Oh, him. he
0: must be being truthful. Uh, in the ring, RVD and Sabu double up Axel until he comes back with clotheslines and punches. Balls tags in, drops a big leg on RVD. Sabu saves. RVD turns the tide and peppers through balls. Tags Sabu, who batters balls as well. Sabu baseball-sized balls into the fans and flies into a springboard plancha. Brock is standing on the floor, bodyguarding for Wright, who mugs while Fonzie rants. Axel tags in and gets a little offense on Sabu until RVD saves. Axel power bombs RVD, tags balls, hits a middle rope leg drop for two. Axel and balls quick tag, control RVD, but RVD comes back with a slam and a split-legged moonsault on Axel. Sabu sets up a table as Brockus comes in the ring, scoops, power slams balls with ease. Brockus scoops up Axel, power slams him through a table to a pop. RVD and Sabu finish Axel as Brockus stands tall. And this is actually okay. Uh, some of the usual stuff, but Good to get Dreamer some heat with Credible, get him out of there, and now Axel and Balls have to go handicap style, but they can also protect Brockus, but just keep him on the outside and make it a tag. Um, The end was good, too. I thought Brockus was good in his two spots. The pop for the power slam was good. I went two and three quarters, Jenny. And I think when you think Paul Heyman, again, accentuating positives, hiding negatives, the way they presented Brockus so far has done that. They haven't exposed him too much. They're keeping him in spots where he can do quick, you know, power spots and look good. So, so far, like the Bracus thing has been okay.
3: Okay. Okay. Well, I got to tell you, I, I checked out after credible got in the car and Tommy was chasing him and Beulah was running. And then Jason was chasing them for some reason. So that I was all involved in that drama. And then I kind of barely didn't watch that. No, I, I did watch it. It was okay. I liked Brock turning all Terminator on everybody. And, <laughs> um, just, S- slamming everybody with power slams. And then goddamn RVD and Sabu win? Again?
1: They're on fire.
3: Do they lose matches anymore? I don't think so. Two and a half stars, Matt.
1: Yeah, I-, I went two and a half on it, too. I mean, they were able to protect Brockus, which I think was the goal. I mean, he he doesn't even stand on the fucking apron for half of this match. He's on the floor just standing there watching mm-hmm. everything happen. And when he-, when he did get in the ring, I thought... What he did, you know, the two or three things he did looked pretty good. The power slam I thought uh-huh. was good, and him putting Axel through the table was good. Uh, the Germinator, I think, is what we should call him. <laughs>
3: yes, I like it. I'm running so, it. So
1: yeah, I went. This was uh completely fine. It was definitely a house show match, but totally fine for what it was. I went two and a half on it too. Yeah. Uh,
0: Ron Ball is getting a lot of run, like, yeah, they're on I every week. Them to win
3: this match.
0: They're in a substantial spot right now, yeah. Uh, and they've kind of worked their way up, so they're
3: good, they're yeah. good, like I said from day one about Axel.
0: <laughs> Taz is backstage and says, All he's heard and thought about is Bigelow, the big schmuck from New Jersey, and then right at his suck boy buddy, Vince McMahon, sending suck the big boy. bodybuilder, Brockus or Ockham, whatever his name is. um, <laughs> I, his real name was Akem Albrecht, but I think I don't know if that's what he was originally like supposed to be called. They were calling him that in some places. I remember even when he comes up on TV today, yeah, he's. I remember like reading about how he was Akem and ECW, so I don't know. I don't know where this all played out, but everything we've seen, he's been called Brockus. So mm-hmm. um, Eric B. and Akem. That was yeah, that was a rap joke, <laughs> and that was the B. Sh- of for Brockus. So Eric <laughs> Brockus and Akem. Uh, he says uh, Vince sent him to take out Taz at CyberSlam brockis doesn't need to do cardio because the match won't go long he'll get stretchered and tapped right out brockis didn't pay his dues took taz 11 years to get to six figures but brockis got it just for being a bodybuilder taz will send him back to tight in a beaten stretched musclehead who won't do anything in taz's business bigelow's body is in for hell in his hometown the whole world can watch him ta- can watch taz take him out kick the dog shit out of him and it'll be a receipt for the fight of his life but it's bigelow's too Bigelow pissed Taz off, and that's bad for him. Bigelow wants the only gold in the industry that means anything. And this is a great usual angry promo from Taz. Matt uh, again selling hard. It's interesting; we haven't seen a lot or heard a lot from Bigelow either through this build. It's mm-hmm. been really character right. really mm-hmm. driven since the turn. It's only been a couple of weeks, but um, we'll see. And I, again, I think it's as much as we love Bigelow, he's not the best talker. So like, right. I think we talked about it. Putting him at the triple threat was smart because that's his best roles as being the bruising muscle for a stable like that and letting Taz talk to build us up and keeping Bigelow as the silent assassin, I think mm-hmm. is a smart way to go about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, out of those two guys, who would you rather hear talk, Taz or Bigelow? It, yeah. It's it's Taz know. 99.9. I would, I would argue. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I hate that I want to see a Brackus match against Taz. <laughs> I, I hate it.
3: Why are we doing that? Why are we doing that, man? I,
1: I don't know. <laughs> I just want to see Taz fucking kill him, to be that's perfectly how, honest. That, that's the reason. But, uh, yeah, I thought, again, Taz is on fire. This was great. Uh, he had a great line here where he says, weights don't fight back, but Taz does. I thought that yep, was a fantastic yeah. line from him. Just just great stuff. Uh, I always pop when he calls Bigelow a big schmuck. So I just think that's, it's it's such a weird insult, but it works because it's Taz saying it. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he says schmuck. So it's like, no one has ever said the word schmuck as an in insult better than Taz. Right. It's, <laughs> it's, it's it's perfect. It's so good. It's so. Uh,
0: big, yeah. schmuck, you're, you're big schmuck, Bigelow.
2: Big
1: schmuck. Well, uh, like it's,
3: nothing's it's, worse than being a schmuck. Right. It, it,
1: it's, right. Exactly. So, yeah. Uh, more great stuff from uh, Taz here, Jenny.
3: It is. I, he really worked himself up during this mm-hmm. one, too. By the end, he was screaming, My belt, Taz's belt. <laughs> like, oh boy. Um, it just it makes me think they just film him just like with 12 of these in a row where he just goes. Probably just, goes. yeah, laughing. Yeah. 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 Right. Why not? I loved it.
0: All right. Joey's in the nest. He hikes up living dangerously, runs down the card again. Uh, that's one interesting thing I've noticed with the TV since the pay-per-view era. And it's not a bad thing, but we, like, Joey is hyper-focused on the Like every time we go to him, he's hyping the pay-per-view. We're getting the slate. We're getting mm-hmm. the rundown. And, and everything is completely driven at this point to those pay-per-views right now in this company. Yep. Again, it's not a bad thing. It gives us benchmarks that we didn't have previously. But it's like everything is just completely scoped to those shows right i feel like they rarely mention like the, even the house shows
1: at the no we get like the side like the
0: arena stuff here and there like they mention cyber slam yeah. and shit but no it's mainly like yeah we're marching to those pay-per-views constantly mm-hmm. uh banging it into our heads as soon as the next one as soon as one ends we already know the next date the next place
3: and everything yep. right right uh
0: the triple threat come into the nest Candido rants about lance Storm wanting his girl doing everything he can to impress her just like everyone else, his usual manic Candido insanity. And he says he's going to pick his partner right now. We're not going to wait for it. We then cut to the South Florida beach where Al Snow's buried in sand next to Head. <laughs> he talks about being left out with the sun. Head farts and Snow's grossed out and asks Head to put lotion on his nose. Usual rambling snow shit. So says he thought Vince burying him was bad and then demands Head dig him free. <laughs> um let me get this last one in a minute you guys can kind of touch on all the, three of these segments triple threats in the nest candido's rambling and he says his dream partner, of course is no other than shane Douglas, his buddy in the triple threat we cut to fault lauderdale where douglas is cutting an in-ring promo and goes right into a match but before we get to that match jenny what do you think of these kind of three segments in a row uh the nest <laughs> and the beach
3: uh Candido is on crack or whatever his drug of choice is during that, of course, typical stuff from him and Shane just yucking it up and just laughing at it. And just, <laughs> and he seems thoroughly entertained by Candido Candido being absolutely insane and freaking out about Lance storm. Um, I, mean,
0: I think this is a good use of Douglas too, with it too. allows you to hype Taz Bigelow. And if the TV title is going to close the show, most likely or maybe not close the show, but it's going to be your most hyped showcase match. Right. Um, You know, and Bigelow's hometown and allows you to slot your world champion into another angle to make that even feel like a big deal too.
3: Right. It's perfect for him. He's so fucking good at this. He's Mm -hmm. it's just really good what they've built. Um, I think Al Snow called heads fart, a air biscuit. Did I hear that wrong?
1: It was (laughs) something like that. Yeah.
3: I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? (laughs) Also, how can heads fart? But Okay. Um, That was funny. It, him asking her to dig, her, <laughs> dig him out really popped me for some reason. <laughs> um, And then Shane, you know, cutting his promo in, in Florida in his sweaty self was pretty good. Leading into mm-hmm. that next match, Maddie.
1: Good Lord, Candido's back on the juice. Holy Yoke. shit, yeah, he is, he is Yoke. yoked. Yeah. And uh, speaking of yoked, uh, the thing that popped me the most about the uh, the Al Snow buried in the sand was he asked if it had been eating egg beaters, which, egg which beaters. <laughs> yes. popped, popped me quite a bit. So it's just more ridiculousness from Al Snow. Like, he's fantastic. He also has the line where he says he thought that Vince burying him was bad. I thought that was a good line. <laughs> yeah, that him. Good. So, but uh, yeah, th- th- those are my two main takeaways from this. All right, let's get to our last match of
0: the night. That is Shane Douglas taking on Chris Chetty. Douglas helps Joey call the match from the nest, uh, as we're, obviously this is pre-recorded. Uh, he batters Chetty off the bell. Chetty comes in with a flurry into arm work. We clip ahead to Chetty, battering the champ on the floor. We clip ahead to Chetty, hitting a top rope superplex, grabs a near fall, counters a belly-to-belly with a DDT for two. Chetty gets a double jump moonsault. Francine ties the ref up. Shane survives. Shane dodges a leap off the top and finishes the match with the belly-to-belly. Usual Shane match. He gives a ton, but kind of finds that way to escape and win the match at the belly-to-belly. KDito comes in He pile-drives Chetty. They kick him around as Taz watches from the stands. Taz comes down, and he and Shane brawl. Taz grabs a Taz mission. We cut away as Bigelow threatens to kill Taz from the nest. Uh, It was, again, a clip show, but it was fine to showcase the champ, add some extra heat to Taz and Bigelow, as we are just one week from the pay-per-view now at the end of the show. Uh, Jenny went two stars. Again, you know, it's, it's fine.
3: I I like watching Shane do this because I thought Chetty got in, you know, a couple of good moves. And Shane's really good about bumping around for people and making them look all right. What I really liked about it is Shane narrating his own match. Yeah. Uh, That I I pop for that doesn't Mm -hmm. happen a lot, um, but I really like it. I hope they do more of that if they have to use like these pre-recorded, like kind of put together um episodes from their travels or whatever, so uh, i I want Shane to like kind of narrate all his matches from now on. Uh, I did the two stars as well, Matt
1: yeah, I went uh, I went two stars on it too. Shane, I thought was really great in the promo beforehand since <laughs> he uh, gave the crowd their fifteen minutes of fame by showing him on TV another great line from him. <laughs> uh, the one thing I did notice was uh. I don't, I'm assuming it was uh, him selling or maybe he's hurt again. But when he took the superplex, he was kind of holding his arm again
2: mm-hmm.
1: when he went down. So uh, I'm assuming he's just selling. I hope he didn't get hurt again because it uh, feels would... like he's always hurt. Yeah. I know yeah, that true. would that would suck if he's hurt again because it felt like the way he was holding it was like, oh, shit, did I just fuck up again? So well... hopefully, hopefully not. But it uh, is
3: kind of soon for him to be wrestling.
1: Yeah, that's that's the other thing, too, is that it feels like maybe he came back a little bit too early. But yeah. I, I mean, this was basically a basically a showcase for Shane. And Shane's always good in these type of showcase matches where a lower card guy gets a little bit of shine. But then Shane ends up just fucking him up and winning. So, uh, yeah, two mm-hmm. stars for me on this, too. All right.
0: Let's do our awards. Best match for me was the six man WF ECW war. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, worst match. We just saw Douglas and Chetty. Yep. Uh best moment. I went the Brockus Power Slam through the table. I thought it was a really cool spot. The crowd popped big time for it.
1: Mm. I think I gotta go with Taz promo again. Yeah, that
0: was
3: good too. I I gotta go with Tommy Dreamer chasing down the car down the street. I just I really <laughs> wanted to stay with that drama.
0: Uh, all right, most nineties I went with the reference to the Kennel Club dog show. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's
0: very nineties. Uh,
3: Jason's fanny pack.
0: Oh, Although, yeah, the they're fr- making a comeback these days.
3: Mm, so. That's true, but yeah. still 90s. Uh,
0: stock Rising, oh, incredible. RVD and Sabu. I went Brockus. Like, I thought he came out of the show looking good. Um, And Taz,
3: of course, as always. Germinator, you mean. Germinator. Yes,
0: yeah.
1: yeah.
3: And Head. I would say Head, too. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think that if. Never mind. I, I just like Head. We'll just okay. put it that way. All right.
0: Stock falling, I went with the Dudleys and the Gangstonators.
1: Yeah, that seems right.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. And final grade, I just was a little notch below last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still is similar, like stuff happens. It was a fun little watch, but again, I feel like, you know, we've had a couple weeks now that feel more like filler than real mm-hmm. hard sell for the pay-per-view. Like we're not getting hot angles because we're already kind of there with the card. Right. Um, I think they're still figuring out how to fill the two months between the years without marching toward those arena shows, because some of the stuff here is being hyped for cyber slam, but cyber slams like a week before the pay-per-view. So it's not like, it's not even in between the Mm -hmm. pay-per-views, you know? So it's it's tough. So I went six out of 10. Again, it's still a very good episode of TV, uh, but not one I'd say
3: you have to see. I would agree with that. And I, I feel like this one is, a little bit closer to balanced in between the pay-per-views they're tightening it up. They're doing better, but we get a little bit of this bumper stuff. So I did six out of 10.
1: Yeah. I went the six two, And I mean, we've seen this going into basically every pay-per-view we've seen mm-hmm. so far. So it's like, when are they going to actually figure it out?
3: Right. So it's, how just, to it's just weird. A little bit more. It's right. a process, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it feels like we're still, well, I guess we got some new stuff. It, seems, it feels like we're still kind of dragging some things. Like as great as RVD and Sabu are, like them just still kind of being even tangentially with the F stuff like feels old. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that was almost a year ago. Like <laughs> that stuff for,
3: kicked off. Oh, been ready you know? for that shit.
0: So yeah. like that's. And they're they're
3: decreasing it, you know. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: And the Taz Bigelow stuff has been well built, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like. Bigelow was kinda of no man's land is the face still until the turn. So mm-hmm. I don't know, everything just feels a little bit in flux still right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We got a lot of injuries too. Come and go, guys coming and That's go. The tag division is a little shaky. So yeah. it just yeah. feels like just still Yep. Piece it together. Um Wednesdays here, Jenny. You have a lot of content in the North mm-hmm. South. Uh you got some video stuff, uh definitely all audio stuff, but any particular one you want to highlight?
3: Well, I have a new one coming out should be out by the time you listen to this it's called Talking Docs uh me and Logan Croslin and Cowboy uh we review documentaries so we started out with Heaven's Gate as our first episode so we're gonna do a little block of like cults you know sort of getting a feel for different types of cult documentaries and then move on to different subjects so, right, check right. It so it's
0: not a live watch you pre-watch and then you talk about yeah, it yeah yeah just reviewing
3: mm-hmm. the documentary the content and how the film's made All
0: right and that's uh audio only on any of mm-hmm. uh podcast app that you have to subscribe to north South connection and then matt you and jenny do gc dub mm-hmm. uh gcw podcasts and that's every that's once a month on wednesdays that's video and audio mm-hmm. um, you guys are crushing it with that it's kind of the Godson of the podcast we're doing here, ECW, you know? and <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah, yeah. basically yeah. a lot
3: of the same influences for me to do mm-hmm. those shows.
0: Yeah, and the newest one I'm sure you guys will be covering the Mania weekend co- mm-hmm. collective stuff. I did a good soon, job yes. doing that. Yeah, so.
1: all 38 shows that they ran yes. over the weekend. <laughs>
0: yeah, we
3: remember them all. All right,
0: yeah let's let's get into our final episode of television. It is February 28th, 1998. We open with Paul Heyman marching to the ring. The entire roster files in behind him. The crowd cheers and starts chanting, Louie, as everyone gathers around Paul, who says, this is on the square. It's an organization that claims when you're with them, it's for life. But that's just a marketing ploy. But when you're an ECW family member, whether you're here in the arena or not, you are ECW for life. Paul says, tonight, people are here from all over the place for CyberSlam, and they're dedicating the show to someone that is ECW forever, and that is their friend, Louis Spicoli. The crowd cheers and chants for Louis. And we get a ten bell salute, and of course, Louie had just passed away. Uh, I think it was earlier in February, right, Matt? Do, do, it was right around Super.
1: Br- was right around Super Brawl, I think, the WCW yeah. pay-per-view, because he was supposed Maybe to wrestle in so Bisco, for Disco, I think, on that show, if I remember
0: right. Yes, and then he OD'd, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how he passed away, Aww. I believe. So, yep, February fifteenth, he passed away um yeah he stopped he had stopped taking drugs uh, after renewed fears for his health but news that his mother was terminally ill with cancer led to his relapse spicoli died on february 15th just days after his 27th birthday on a mix of soma and wine choking on his own vomit in his sleep oh, uh, they found an empty t- vial of testosterone medication for anxiety and uh determined that probably contributed to a heart condition as well uh so just a young guy obviously just got mm-hmm. trapped in a bad spot um he was really good he was good here and he was he yep. was good he, wcw was the nwo lackey um yep. and he was getting a big push like he was showcased heavily as like hall and nash's you know boy or whatever um he had a feud with larry and then of course it's an infamous moment after he passes away wcw talk about it and larry says my basically like mom always told me if you're not have anything nice to say don't say anything at all mm-hmm. and like i i don't know if he really had a shoot with Louie or he was just old school k it yeah. because they were feuding. Right. Um, but I remember he caught like a lot of shit for that mm-hmm. at the time. Like people were aggravated that, you know, he treated Louis that way. Imagine pocket. him
3: saying something out of pocket.
1: Mm. Doesn't mm. sound like him. Mm-mm.
0: It sucks. I'm guessing we would have seen Louis probably back here at some point, or maybe mm-hmm. even in the WWF in like 99, 2000 time period, because he's still so young. I mean, it's only 27. Like you've right. had another, who knows, you know, but, and this was tough because this was right on the heels of Pillman passed away in October, mm-hmm. you know, similar kind of stuff, and then he passed away here, so it was like, kind of tough to see two young guys go down to drug issues, but uh, such as the 90s, I guess. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, we get our opening animation. Joey's in the ring. He kicks off the night ahead of us. We've got a hot Cyber Slam crowd. He hypes up living dangerously. Joey explains the odd tag team situation in the Dream Partner Tag Match. Candido has announced his partner, Shane Douglas, but Lance Storm has been very tight-lipped and won't reveal until the pay-per-view. It's a triple threat head to the ring. Looking great with all the gold. Tammy, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Sunny is here as well with Candido. This is what a great look at stable. Uh, this group is Shane says he saw the forecast this morning and it has sunny skies over Philly. And then he gets <laughs> a great evening with Fran. He talks about the big triple threat reveal a few weeks ago, how storm and Taz got worked. And this Sunday is a mystery to be solved where Candido picked the best tag team partner. He could, and they're going to teach storm about the triple threat. He wants to know storm's dream partner, but Candido says it doesn't matter because Shane is the best. He rants about Storm wanting his girl again. Tammy talks Candido down. Says she knows who the partner is, but she's not going to tell. She won't reveal the mystery, and Candido can fight out on his own. Candido's annoyed, and Tammy uh, catches some shit. So Tammy says, yeah, there's a lot of secrets you don't know about me, and you can't handle them. Candido grabs her arm, and she says, let go. We're in public, not at home. And she slaps Candido. Francine steps to Tammy, but the triple threat break them apart. And... Uh, you know it was a good segment. I, I, the Tammy turn didn't make sense at this point. We'll see how it plays out. Um, I don't care for the domestic. This has always been a pet peeve of mine in wrestling. Like, I don't like the domestic abuse angle stuff. Um, especially here where it's not like presented in a way that she's just like, Oh, well, you can do that at home, not here. Like, it's just. I don't know. Mm. Like, I know we're supposed to look at Candido as an asshole, and ECW is based in realism and um, this level of violence, and I guess you just kind of expect it, but it, it just never sits right with me when they present it as part of an angle. Like, especially the way it was here it was like so just like thrown out there, like as almost like a nothing. She's like, warning you
3: know, in kind of yeah. Kind of like, don't yeah.
0: grab my arm. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think we'll see. Yeah. It was just her trying to like throw the scent right. off or whatever, and like yeah. play it up. But it's still like rung too true, especially when she said like I have other secrets." You know, like it just. Mm. You think immediately, okay, her banging Shawn Michaels, you know, and everyone knew, right? And then, you know, and then accusing Candido beating her, like it was, it was was unnecessary. She could have ran him down and said, "I'm a bigger star than you. You got to come here. Mm -hmm. I'm still a WDF star." Like, there's ways to do it and belittle him, whether it's an angle or not, without playing into like, you know, her cucking him in front of the whole mid '90s roster, and then basically saying he beats her, so and that they're still married. So I, I don't know, you know
3: yeah i thought it was a super obvious giveaway um we kind of we kind of just did something similar to this i don't know uh we'll see how it plays out i'm not i mean mm. i don't know if we want to talk about it now or whatever but i'm just saying that i didn't buy any of it basically
1: Man. yeah it just felt kind of forced like it wasn't really necessary yeah. i mean it was also very uncomfortable hearing it number b- besides that but yeah like i honestly i thought i had missed something when sunny says oh i'm gonna you know i know who the partner is i'm not gonna tell you like i was scrambling through my fucking there's notes, another like, one of
0: oh, those confusing it's, ecw things, right. like, that we've like, talked
1: about a bunch where it's like,
3: away. like yeah yeah yeah
1: it's so, just like super... it feels so forced in out of nowhere
3: it's mm-hmm. like what is this doesn't make sense yeah mm-hmm.
1: just super weird and out of nowhere it wasn't really necessary yeah. but I mean everybody played their roles well I guess Yeah, it was. Just, I mean it's just yeah. super weird I feel like we shouldn't always feel that
0: we're missing something on like right. are we missing some TV like and I know like Rocco said before like we do there's a lot of things we don't have um, on the Peacock versions that are, like different promos and videos right. and stuff but like stuff like this is angle shit like I think this is all it right
1: here. so right. it's just confusing when we're all sitting here being like I don't I can't imagine yeah, yeah. that they're talking about this when they're advertising a show in Chicken Screw Pennsylvania, you know? Right.
3: I think yeah. they're just trying to build on what they've already done with the mistrust of Lance Storm. Right. But it's just it's just clunky. It's just not well yeah. Yeah, it's but... not well done as say what they did with Bigelow, which to me was well done.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Right. All right, Joey's in the nest and tries to sort out what we just saw. He wonders if Tammy picked a partner for Storm. He says Taz and Bigelow uh, talks about them as well and sends us to our hyped TV title match, which is Taz taking on the Germinator, Brockus. mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right brings out Brockus and the dirty F flag. He's flanked by Doug Furness and draws. What a fucking stable this is. Uh, Taz stomps out to a pop as Brockus paces. Right out of Asbury. Taz stomps yep. to a pop as Brockus paces. Brockus steps right to Taz, who charges and takes him down, beats him with cross faces. Brockus comes back with a knee lift and two power bombs. Draws and Furness put a table in the ring as Brockus peacocks around. Taz slips out of a power slam, throws Brockus to the table with a T bone. Brockus gets up grabs Taz by the throat and tries to press slam, but Taz slips down, folds him with a sick German and taps with the Taz mission. Uh, That's a good spectacle. Brock has got a little bit of shine. Taz outdid him. The right call, of course, to Taz to job him out on the doorstep of the pay-per-view. Beat a big man. Uh, I, was, I thought both guys looked really good and moved quickly. I went two stars. Like Brock has been A-OK in my book in this run. He's been good as a bodyguard, good in these short spots as a power guy. It's all Heyman because as soon as he goes to F, mm. it's a shit show, you know. So it's like again, they're using him to his strengths. They're letting uh him work in, in ways they should present him as. And um the stable is a disaster though. Like I mean <laughs> furnace draws and yeah. uh Brockus. I don't know, Matt, well, what do you uh, think? I want you to bragged
3: yeah. you just bragged. Oh, all oh, God, Jenny, Brockus, huh? yeah. Um, I don't know. maybe there's more here than you think. I don't know. But I thought it was pretty good, like It was exactly what I expected to see. Taz already told us what we were going to see. He was going to make him tap. And that's exactly what happened. For a squash match, I mean, it was very well done. So I did two stars.
1: Yeah, I went two stars on it too. This went just about as well as it possibly could have. Like you mentioned, Heyman's a master of hiding people's weaknesses. This was no exception. I mean, it, if Bra- when Bractus goes to the WWF, if all he does is put people through tables, he would have gotten over because he does that pretty well. It's all he the does. other shit. It's all the other shit he can't do. But I think th- I right. think Taz was able to uh, to uh, you know, make him look like something, and I thought he was really good at it. So can't believe it, but two stars for Bractus. <laughs> yep he's on fire all right joey's in the nest he apologizes
0: on behalf of ecw for just Credible's actions they say they pushed this 23 year old hard and the public resented it credible has made it clear he'll do and say whatever it takes to justify the push and get pushed even harder disregarding all tradition showing no respect for dreamers family dreamer incredible had a vicious first blood match at the ecw arena which was too violent to show on television we get some stills of what went down including rvd getting involved beulah taking uh, some offense as well. The, and I uh, guess that's incredible. Credible one when Dreamer got busted open, but Jason got sliced open as well and left for dead. And they will face off again on pay-per-view on March 1st. Um, I will say, Matt, I like this approach uh, that they're going with credible with the um, admitting, like, look, this dude's young and brash. He hasn't mm. had this kind of success before and we're getting behind him. We're, Rocket pushing him up the card. Is he prepared for it? Um, like I like that approach, just mm-hmm. because it's real. And I think they were reading. I remember feedback at the time of people complaining. All it, I, I don't remember being this early. I know later for sure uh, about Credible mm. being over pushed and overused, yep. and he stinks, and like all this other stuff, right? Um, so I think they're they're leaning into that internet feedback, instant feedback that they're getting from the audience around um you know the perception of Credible. So I thought this is a pretty good problem, Matt. I kind of like that approach.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting way to push a heel. It's a thing you didn't really see at this point because, I mean, yeah, you heard feedback, but it wasn't like internet feedback or anything like that. So, uh, I mean, I'm guessing they saw all that shit (laughs) that was being said about Credible and just Mm -hmm. decided to run with it. Like, you guys, you fucking hate him anyway, so we're going to make you hate him even more than you already hate him. And I think it works completely well. I mean, you're going to put him in there with a guy like Tommy. I'm assuming Tommy's going to fucking kill him at some point. So that should be entertaining. So you're going to see this guy, in theory, get his comeuppance. You hate his guts anyway, so you're going to enjoy it. So we're going to do it. And I I think it's going to work really well. So, yeah.
3: Any chance of getting to see that match that they wouldn't show on TV?
0: I don't know. I don't think we see it at all here. I mean, it might be out there, somewhere. Say, I'm sure Rocco or someone can,
3: yeah, let us know. Yeah. I'm sure it's mm-hmm. uh, searchable. It might be, might be a good one to watch.
0: Yeah. Uh, what'd you think, Jenny? Any other thoughts on the promo?
3: No, I mean it was good. Uh, okay. Wait, it was is this the one where he was whispering the whole time? Well, uh, about... Tommy's
0: coming up. Yeah, we're getting to that now. That was just a credible one. That's a Tommy one. So Tommy's backstage is in the dark. He talks about decisions and reactions. is strong, and he respects her decisions as long as they don't conflict with his. Credible wants to be on top of the world. Well, Tommy's going to make him famous. Beulah warned of the dark side. She felt it three years ago when he pile-drived her. But now she stands at his side because she feels the power. Last week, she was pile-drived by Credible. But Sunday, she sees the dark side. And then we get a cut-in from Credible. And he kind of hints that Beulah is going to be in his corner. Mm-hmm. We go to Joey in the nest and he ponders, will Beulah indeed jump to just incredible. She's got a history of jumping. Uh, and it's kind of an interesting last second twist. Joey then announces RVD versus Scorpio and Sandman versus Sabu and a Dueling Canes match on Sunday as well. Um, so Jenny, I want your thoughts on this. Cause we just talked about like the random shit they'll throw out when you're not really prepared or it's just not explained well. And they, they talk about it like, we should know this stuff has been happening. And it's like, all of a sudden, Incredible cuts in, and I thought he was just being a dick, like saying, Oh, mm-hmm. uh, your girl's coming with me, right? Mm-hmm. But now, then Joey, a second later, is like, Well, there's rumors that Beulah may show up with Just Incredible. It's like, <laughs> What rumors? Like, where did this come from? Like, I don't, <laughs> I mean, I don't believe any
3: of those rumors.
1: Yeah.
0: No. Well, is there shit on like the like message boards or, or internet stuff that like they're referencing that maybe we're, just not, that. we're not privy to? Um, like maybe I mean, there was stuff weird. out there they're leaning into it or this is weird it's like where does this come from like well, all of a sudden there's talk and chatter that Bu is mm-hmm. going with just incredible like there's been nothing that even hints at that.
3: I'm glad you brought this up because I had the same thoughts because mm-hmm. we didn't it was kind of presented like, oh, she took the whatever move or whatever his mm-hmm. and that was how tommy got her so now she's all hot for this other guy who right move she's into her.
0: the pain or whatever yeah. yeah.
3: Like, have you not been watching Beulah for the, the past two years or however long they've been together? Like, no way. I, I don't believe this for any amount of time. Like, there's just no way that I believe she would be right. in his corner. Yeah.
2: So, again, there's nothing to their little it.
3: twists are unbelievable to right. me. Yeah. And I don't think most people bought it. If I here I mind.
1: am for, for the second time this episode, fucking rewinding, trying to see if yeah. I missed something. And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, we're just gonna throw this out there out of thin air. Like it's just super. Or give weird. us something. Like, yeah. like maybe Tommy left right. her behind and credible
0: beat her up and now she's mad at like there's just nothing that hints at it. Beulah yeah. didn't say anything that makes you think it. No. Like it's literally just credible being an asshole. And Joey's like, well. She may be there. You know, credible credible says it. it it must
1: fucking be true, I guess. I don't don't know. It was weird. Yeah.
3: I feel like it leads to something. I don't know. Maybe not.
0: All right, let's get to our uh, final match of the night, and that is the tag team champions exploding as Chris Candido takes on Lance Storm. Storm brings the fight right to Candido with a flurry of strikes and clotheslines to so a big super kick. Candido bails out. Storm hits a baseball slide, dives into him and the fans of the plancha. Joey notes the original sign guy, Paul Mellon, is in the front row, someone who's been at every single show they've had in the arena. Wow. back in the ring storm hammers away candido comes roaring back with chops storm battles back candido cuts him off yanks him hard to the buckle to take over candido slaps and punches away joey ponders the issues between sunny and candido candido works through his offense but storm is right there with him just can't take over joey talks about the candido fits of rage over sunny as candido gets two on a leg drop goes to a chin lock candido gets a nice scoop power slam and stomps away Storm comes kicking back. Joey says Candido should beat up everyone that downloaded pictures of Sonny on AOL. Sorry. Uh, Storm hits a spin heel kick and a perfect drop kick for two. Storm leaps to the top, but Candido crotches him, follows up, hits a super back suplex. Storm flips out of a power bomb with a jump kick for two. Candido crotches Storm again on top, follows and hits Arana. Candido puts Storm on the top, but Storm counters with a blonde bombshell and wins clean over Candido. A uh, big win for Storm. A good moment, elevation point. I like this match. Uh, They saved some of their biggest stuff for future, uh, but the chemistry remains strong. It pushed the story. Storm continues to climb the ladder, and Candido is always locked in. So Jenny went three and a quarter. I thought it was a really good match with these guys.
3: Another really good match. Yes, three and a half stars for me. Mm -hmm. Very stiff. Candido, once again, so good when he's so focused. So much hate, you know, in this story, too, comes across in this match. Very kicky and punchy, which is good. Um, they do a couple of of good spots, good big spots, but this was very much in the trenches, sort of of a, of a match. Um, and then, goddamn, he used Candido's finisher against him. Like, wh- why are we doing this all of a sudden? And I don't, I don't mind it. It just, I find it so odd. Like, what is the deal? Is it just like, is this a trend that happens sometimes where it becomes cool to do it, or is it? I don't know. I I just was kind of put off by that again, Matt.
1: Yeah, uh, I enjoyed it, too. I went three stars on it, and I, I went a little bit lower because, to me, it kind of felt like they were holding back a little bit, which it makes sense because there's a pay-per-view in a week. <laughs> so yep. I, I get I get why they were holding back, but it was still really good for what it was. I mean, just the, these guys have great chemistry with one another. Storm is just so good right now, and it, it's a big win for him. Uh, I don't know if this is where – I finally noticed that he got rid of the fucking rat tail. I don't know yeah, if this he is, did. This is yeah, where Yeah, a big win. If it happened, yeah, if that's a that's a huge uh, huge. Uh, I'm gonna bump it up a quarter star just for that. Three and a quarter. How's that? I like it <laughs> for him getting rid of that rat tail. But yeah, uh, I thought this was a, a ton of fun. Just but it was definitely missing something. I mean, look, you don't want to do stupid things and get hurt a week before a pay per view, so I get it. So definitely on the lower end of what they're capable of, but still really good. So these guys can sleepwalk to a three star match. So three stars for me.
0: All right, Joey's in the nest. He hypes up living dangerously, and uh, we head to the hood where New Jack is walking around. He says he'll be on pay-per-view. The newest thing going around is criminals on pay-per-view, but unlike Mike Tyson, New Jack admits to the crimes he does, It will bring violence and turn loose and take on whoever's across from him in the ring on Sunday. We then get clips of the Bigelow-Taz feud. Taz is backstage, talks about working out. All he hears is about Bigelow doing press and breaking the Ferris wheel at the amusement park. Taz is trading while Bigelow's out pushing himself as a star. But on Sunday night, in Bigelow's hometown, he'll show why he's called champ. He'll hook his hold and Bigelow will tap out. Even when he was a heel and a bad guy, he never lied to the people and he won't do it now. He'll tap Bigelow and promises this because while Bigelow's doing radio shows, Taz is busting his ass training. That's why he's a miserable workhorse and has the gold. He doesn't talk; he does. He's proven himself for eleven years, and Bigelow can show up at his hometown and better be prepared to tap out. Uh, this is a strong final sell by Taz. Uh, again, we didn't get any Bigelow as part of this. It's been Taz mm-hmm. talking. It's mm-hmm. almost like they're trying to position Bigelow as like a dude that's not taking it seriously, out fucking around, um, mm-hmm. which is a weird way to present him. With him being cool. the, he- I don't know, it's just odd presentation. We're not seeing any of that. We're not getting highlights of him on radio shows and doing mm-hmm. press right. around Asbury. So like, I don't know. Um, again, it's just kind of a weird thing that only Taz is talking about that Bigelow's uh, unless Taz is using it for self-motivation and is telling himself this is the case, but, uh, we're not getting it. But the last thing is Paul narrates the final hype promo for <laughs> living dangerously says there's no big name advertiser sponsors. just they're politically incorrect and they won't play it safe. So Jenny, what'd you think of the Taz promo uh, at the end of the episode here?
3: Well, at first, I I miss Mustafa in the background of New Jack's promos. Oh, I'm yeah. um, just like being mm-hmm. crazy. Um, <clears throat> Taz, he, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of self delusion when it comes to Taz. Um, mm-hmm. uh, did he really break a Ferris wheel? Did, Bam Bam I don't really know.
0: I mean, I'm crazy. guessing he means the one that I saw recently at the Jersey Shore. I don't know, but I
3: mean... I, I mean, I, I will, it, it makes me curious. What the hell does he mean by that? I don't know. He's not... Right. He's just putting out all these sort of like vagaries. I don't know if that's not a word, but it's just these things that, like you said, seem to only exist to him. Um, mm-hmm. and, and Bigelow just being utterly protected by the triple threat. He doesn't really have to do anything. You know, he's... He's part of of that team with the champ and um, he doesn't really have to say anything. I had another point. Oh, I hope Bigelow wins. Maddie. Mm.
1: Yeah. yeah uh, to it feels like he's going to show up and get wrecked, but we'll see. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Taz uh, brought up an interesting thing here. At one point, he said that all the odds are against him, and I thought that was interesting because I feel mm. like that's a spot that you don't see Taz in all that often. Like right. 99% of the time, he's he's going to go in there, and you know he's going to fucking destroy a guy. And th- this mm. is that 0.1% of the time where he may get his ass kicked by Bigelow in Asbury Park. So who knows? So I, I thought that was an interesting point, and it adds an interesting wrinkle to the match that I don't think is often there with Taz matches. So I thought that was really right. well done. So, yeah, uh, another uh, more great stuff from Taz. He called Bam Bam a big schmuck again, which again always props <laughs> me. So, uh, yeah, more great stuff from Taz. This has been the, the, the entire build to this match has been the Taz show. So, yeah, good stuff. All right, final awards here of the night uh, best match, Stormy Candido.
0: Worst match, Taz yes. Brockes for me. Yep.
3: Yeah, I think that was right.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, best moment, I want Taz choking out Brockes and tapping him.
1: Yep.
3: That was pretty great. Um, all right, I'll go with that.
0: Uh, most 90s, I went sadly with Spicoli's overdose, as well as the oh. idea of Cyber Slam. Mm-hmm. We talk about that every year. And Draws. Mm-hmm. Draws is very nice. Draws
1: <laughs> just randomly showing up out of nowhere.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh,
0: Rising, I went Triple Threat, Taz, and Dreamer. Yep and falling i just Sunny? went candido and tammy yeah for falling i want candido and tammy i don't oh, i didn't really? like that whole oh for that, yeah
3: okay.
0: no Yeah. you had a great match but i just didn't like that yeah. the positioning of that angle and everything with mm-hmm. them I just, it felt unnecessary
3: also how did that um, ring hold yeah. up every single person that came out of that roster like <laughs> nice. and they all got in the ring mm-hmm. and it, yeah i was like what yeah
0: well built uh, alright those are the best of the three we watched tonight I went 7 out of 10 it was the liveliest thanks to being back in the arena for a big mm-hmm. show uh, you know it was sad with the Kikoli stuff and despite the, the sunny stuff Candido Storm is really good I really like the Taz broadcast and then the Taz promo day,
1: so it was a very good episode go home so. let's go home
2: 7 out of
3: 10
1: I went six and a half, but still a really good episode
0: alright that'll do it tonight we be back in two weeks' time. We're going to cover Living Dangerously
2: 1998.
0: It's been a solidly built show. Um, you know, I, I think we, Taz and Bigelow has been well built. We know that for sure. Candido and Storm has some good interest. And then Dreamer and Credible. Beyond that, like, I guess we're getting Sabu, stand-in, which has been a feud. Yep. Um, so we'll see. But they didn't really get much focus at all during this three weeks of TV. The two of them. So we'll see. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of those ones where you're kind of saying, like, put the faith in ECW to turn out a good show. That's kind of where we're at. So. All right. Again, please uh, subscribe if you haven't yet but by this point. I'm just saying, do it. Uh, check out all of our content here every single day. <laughs> North South Connection, both audio visually. Everything's at NorthSouthConnection.com If you just want to go there, that's the main hub. But uh, if you subscribe, you get the notifications We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on TikTok, we're on Instagram.
2: Follow us there as well. So then, stay extreme. Talk girlfriend's run up with my car. I'm coming back to her mother. Telling tales of drunkenness and cruelty Now I'm sitting here